0: Hello and welcome to the NS North podcast. My name is Dan Byers, and I'm joined by my co-host Phil Casgrain. How are you, Phil? I'm great, and you, Dan? I'm good. I'm good. So our special guest for this episode is Speaker Vanessa Logan. How are you, Vanessa?
1: I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me.
0: Great to have you on. So Vanessa, you work for one of the coolest uh, shops in Toronto. Um, wondering if you can maybe introduce yourself and explain to our listeners who you are and maybe what you do.
1: Absolutely. So I work at a studio called Sego Sego. Uh, we make apps for preschoolers. So we have a suite of apps called Sego Mini. Uh, we've got 12 apps out right now, more in the works. Um, yeah, so it's kind of a really fun job. It's always, it's always different every day trying to make something that kids like.
0: That's great. And, and how, how long have you been working there for?
1: Uh, I've been with the company uh, seven and a half years now. Oh, wow. Yes.
0: And how old is the iPhone yet? <laughs>
1: <So>. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we predate the iPhone.
0: So what what were the first I I guess were you web only then at the beginning or?
1: Yes, we were web only. We were doing websites, uh some kiosk work as well. Um a lot of it for kids' television shows for broadcasters back in the day.
0: Ah, neat. Yeah. And, and so what what are some of the titles that uh that are out there at the moment that people might be interested in checking out?
1: Uh, we did some work for Stella & Sam, which is a, a preschool TV show that was based on a book series, so there's some apps out for that. Uh, we did the web content for that as well. Um, Total Drama Action, Total Drama Online, we did a bunch of stuff for them. That was a, a kids' cartoon show.
0: Ah, and, and the more recent stuff that you are that you guys have been busy with?
1: Uh, so now, rec- uh, that's all we've done for other companies, so right now we're focusing just on our own work. So this ah. is uh, Sago Mini, so we've got the the 12 apps out now.
0: Cool, cool. And, and your, your position there is as like a technical artist, I guess.
1: Yeah. So that's, that's the name we call it. It's kind of all encompassing. So I really bridge between our art department and our programmers. So my, my basic job is to make sure all of the art animation and audio gets into the app. So we do all of our work in Unity. So I take all of our Art from Illustrator and our animation from Flash, and I make sure those all get into Unity. And then I hook up uh, all of our audio cues. Uh, so it's kind of a, a balance of some art, some programming. It's really kind of a, an overall mishmash. Right of jobs
2: wow so when when you talk about the uh, the pipeline for art you're basically the pipeline
1: <laughs> I, yes exactly i'm the pipeline yes. if, if it doesn't go through me it's not getting in
2: <laughs> yeah that's a that's not a trivial job i can no. attest wow uh, so when you um when you get all this like what's the typical turnaround time like let's say you've got um uh you are You see I have 12 apps, so obviously they didn't come up uh, all at the same time, but what's what would be the typical turnaround time between a concept and a, something that is ready to go for the app store?
1: Yeah, so it's usually a, f- a few months. so I'd say like four months to a year at the most. Mm-hmm. Um, our first apps were kind of based on a suite that we had released previously called Tickle Tap Apps. So we took a bunch of those and we just took the time to make them better And from then on, we've kind of got a few different kind of mechanics that we use. Like we have explore apps, and then we have some creativity apps, which are more in the the drawing and creating space. Um, So it really depends. Ones that are more complicated with a brand new mechanic that we've never done before, those can take, you know, six to eight months from, from like very early concept stages. But when we're doing, say, an explore app where we're used to the mechanic and stuff, you know, those can be a bit tighter, maybe three, four months.
0: Wow. So, when did you guys take the plunge into Unity, or have you pretty much always been coupled with that?
1: No, our first few apps uh, in the Sego mini suite were Cocos. Um, uh-huh. That made my job a lot harder. You know, I could have no, no control over visuals or anything like that. So, it was a lot of. More back and forth with programmers?
2: You mean uh, Cocos 2D, right? The 2D yes. animation framework. What, yes. One of the things I've noticed is that um, some of the, for, for simple animations and, and things that come into children's, for example, books or, or, um, or games, is that uh, SpriteKit is getting a lot of traction as well.
1: Yeah. So we, uh, we made the switch into Unity. Well, we, There's a lot of back and forth at work. We weren't quite sure if it was you know, the right switch for us to make. Um, but no one has been upset about that switch. We've all loved the switch, and we do all of our animation frame-by-frame frame, still kind of hand-drawn and Flash mm. by our one animator. Oh, wow. So, yeah, he's a very busy guy. Yeah,
2: and your pipeline is, is the way it is because it's the way you're you're used to working, so, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, that works for us, and, uh, you know, it was a big switch to switch to Unity, but it's really given us a lot more control over the way things work, and it's it's been a great great switch for us
0: so um what would you say is your most favorite app right now that you've released oh dan it's like asking her favorite
2: children or something
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's true it's true i've worked on like 11 of our 12 apps so it's it's tricky it's always changing because you know some are always too fresh or you go back and play an old one and it's it's really fun but i think i think my favorite is road trip oh Um, yeah it's it's a really fun one because, you know, it can be played by the youngest kids. You know, two-year-olds can have fun with it, but at the same time, like, adults have fun playing, too. Like, there's always stuff to explore and new surprises popping up, and it's just a really fun mechanic.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's definitely one of your best yet. You, like, I have a four-year-old and two-year-old here, and uh, they love the game. and, and I, oh, great. I, I, I don't mind playing it with them either. Like, it's just me it's playing with the different cars and stuff, and uh, it's really cool.
1: Yeah, a lot of work in, went into that. Our our lead programmer Luke, he he programmed every car specific like each car has its own attributes. Some are two-wheel drive, some are four-wheel drive. They're programmed to be like real cars. And it's 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 kind of overkill for a kids app, but you know, that's that that's the amount of polish that really makes it fun to play. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, you you have to know that uh, Dan is a, is a one of your number one fans with his family they're really <laughs> in the target group for everything that you guys are doing <laughs> that's my, perfect m- m- my 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 daughters are a bit older, but um it's still uh, i am I really enjoy looking at what's going on in the space and how innovative it can be too yeah yeah
0: and, and especially um since you guys partnered with uh with Tokopoka as well like the, like the, those guys are just unbelievable with the kind of work that they've been pumping out over the years and so once they learned that you guys were were with them it was uh, like wow like what a what a what a chance right to to work with a team like that
1: we had always been really big fans of their apps and looked at those as kind of like the pinnacle of what we should be aiming for so when we found out that there was even the possibility that there could be this kind of partnership and sister studio kind of relationship like we were all over the moon and it's it's really been great for us
0: one of the things I love about you guys is how you do your playtesting with uh, with groups of kids. Um, could you kind of describe a little bit of that process, maybe?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, especially with the new mechanics, we never quite know how kids are going to play with our stuff, and the goal is always to kind of make it intuitive for them to play. So, at least once a month, we try to get groups of kids into the studio. So. Uh, we've really been experimenting the past few years, and what we've found now that works best is kind of staggering them coming into the studio. Parents will bring their kids in. Uh, we'll have snacks and a craft to keep them busy, oh, that's and then, cool. yeah, so they'll go into a room with one of our play testers, either a developer or a project manager, and we'll sit down with them and just hand them the iPad and and watch them play, and not try to guide them in any way. It's really best if we can just get just observational data from them see what parts of the game they're liking see what they're bored with and hopefully see them laughing and smiling and then we know we've done a good job but it really informs everything we do and you're often quite surprised at the way kids play with your stuff in ways that you didn't think they would or never even imagined they would try to do but that's that's what makes stuff better
0: yeah i'm sure Lots of new, not lots of new uh, corner cases and scenarios that just never you, know, you can never possibly think of.
1: No, no, uh, they they really find ways to surprise you.
2: <laughs> so when you um, so you mentioned you, you you guys have some kind of involvement in the community because you have to have a essentially a, a list of parents and you can call and say, hey, we've got you know new stuff to play with. Do you want to come and play? But outside of that, um, outside of the immediate. Uh, dev community what kind of uh, of work do you do uh, to to foster this kind of community
1: uh yeah that's that's been something we've been working on for a while so we we've done events at kids cafes across the city toronto's got some really great kid focused cafes where oh. you, parents can go in get a coffee but there's also like a play area for their kids
0: oh my goodness
1: yeah they're amazing <laughs> yeah every every city should have a few so <laughs> Yeah, it, they're great. So we've we've rented out spaces there and had parties there for some app launches. Um, we we've done some play testing in those events as well. We've also gotten booths at street festivals. So we've done say the Harborfront Kids or Word on the Street, where we'll just get a big booth with balloons and have our apps out for kids to play, and parents can sign up on our list there. It's really been great having those just to get awareness in the community. I mean, it's it's a local community but it's it's really working well for us because you get so much involvement from people and then they are curious about your apps they want to come in and help play test and it really it's a nice little cycle that we've got going there
0: mm. neat neat so um when you're not hacking away at the computer and playing with unity there what do you what do you like to do for fun or uh, uh on your own time
1: uh I'm really big into antiques i I like going to a lot of antique shows, especially jewelry. I kind of collect and sell jewelry vintage and antique jewelry in an Etsy store kind of as a hobby. Oh, neat yeah. Um,
0: what would you say is the most prized or expensive thing that you've ever come across?
1: Um, Stanhope's are kind of my favorite thing to find. They're tiny little lenses that were hidden in jewelry. And if you look through, there's a little microfilm inside. And if you hold it up to light, you can see pictures. They're often of like Niagara Falls or tourist destinations.
2: Oh, that's so cool.
1: Yeah, those are my favorite things to collect.
2: Are those still being made or are they just vintage?
1: There is a company that is still making them that I saw online. So I believe you can still get new ones made with a photo of whatever you'd like.
2: (laughs) Cool, cool.
1: Yeah
0: and uh so do you do you have to travel much for that like uh, or is Toronto big Uh, enough to kind of support that for you or the internet
1: Uh, (laughs) yeah the internet's great yeah you kind of have to get to small towns there's a few smaller towns around Toronto that have got some good antique malls for that kind of thing and there's big festivals in the summer and stuff too that that help a lot Hmm,
0: very neat yeah all right well thanks so much for joining us Vanessa um what would you say is the best way for someone to get in touch with you
1: uh, best way would probably be Twitter. Uh, my handle is Vanessa M Logan, or uh, you could also just email me vanessa at sagosago.com.
0: Very good. All right, so tickets are still available, and April is right around the corner, and we have a wonderful weekend planned for all attendees. If you would like to learn more, you can visit our website at nsnorth.ca, and also be sure to follow us on Twitter at nsnorth. We would also like to share that we have a new conference family member, Our friends Charles Perry and Joe Chaplinski have recently announced that they are organizing a conference this fall. It is called Release Notes, and it's going to focus primarily on the business of making apps. Both Charles and Joe have spoken at NS North in the past and at various other events over the years, so they know conferences, and I'm sure theirs is going to be great. It will be held in downtown Indianapolis from October 21st to the 23rd at a wonderful venue. And you can check out their website at releasenotes.tv for more information. Thanks for listening, and be sure to join us again next time as we will introduce, and you can get to know more about another great speaker. Phil, how can people get in touch with you? Well, I'm on Twitter at philipsy, and I I also phil at nsnorth.ca. And I'm underscore Dan Byers on Twitter, or you can email me at dan at nsnorth.ca. See you soon.